Good morning. That's the, the webinar about project management this time. And uh, we will try to cover the subject which is quite popular in, in our team and at the same time causes many uh, troubles and many misconceptions, misunderstandings for people who join our teams and they don't know how to resolve that. I'm talking about situations when uh, you join the project and or you work with something in your project and then you see and understand that uh, you, you get it you get a task which you which you don't know how to resolve or you have some problems resolving that for, for for many different reasons for example you don't know what to do you don't know the technologies you don't understand the code which you're supposed to work with uh, you don't understand the purpose of this code or maybe you just not you're just not uh, professional enough to work with that technology. So the question is what you do, because in our projects, we and, and we think this is the right way to manage uh, programmers in general, uh, we put the full responsibility on the shoulders of the programmer. So we think that this is the right way to go in any projects is to, um, if, if the task is assigned to somebody, if somebody is responsible for that task, then that person is fully responsible for all the problems and all the difficulties and all the unknowns of that task. So the question is, what do I do if, if the management gives me the task and I'm supposed to be responsible for everything, but at the same time, I can't solve it. I just don't know or, or the task is not clear enough or something is just not, not so obvious. So I just can't resolve the problem. So what do I do if, my respons if the responsibility is still on my shoulders? Because that's that's exactly how we manage all our projects. We we don't allow people to to walk away from that responsibility and and to ask for any help. We we basically tell them. We tell all programmers, inform them upfront that uh, when the task is yours, you're supposed to solve it from the from the start till the end, and there's nobody going to help you anyhow. And this is how I think responsibility should work in general. It has to be assigned to one person always. So uh, the question is. What do I do if I don't know what to do? And I, I, I think that this, this, mis, this question actually comes, and, and the solution, because many people just, just, that's what I see in our projects, they just start working and then they come back and say, I need help, just give me some information. It all comes from the lack of discipline, I think. And not the discipline of programmers, but the discipline of managers. So it's, it's this, this situation happens when managers cannot uh, properly uh, cannot properly organize uh, the the flow of information and <clears throat> cannot properly organize the flow of knowledge actually not just information the flow of knowledge so in a properly organized project like we are trying to do uh, all the questions and all the, the unknowns which are actually requests for extra knowledge have to be resolved through a predefined uh, process or the predefined um, uh, set of steps which needs to be done. So let's say I have a task and I'm, I'm working on, on some uh, Java class which is uh, which I never seen before. So the, my first question is what this class is doing. My second question is who, who was working with that class before and why that class was created in the first place. Maybe my third question is uh, who was the uh, who, who are the dependencies for this class? So what this class is connected to, and and who is the what this class is 
uh, respond, I mean, who are the dependencies, who are the connections, which, which classes, this class is coupled with, so I don't want to, uh, to break anything or I want to understand what the connections are. And maybe my next question is going to be where are the unit tests or the integration tests and how can I run them? So all these questions, they need to be answered through, through a process defined in the project, not through asking somebody sitting next to me in the next desk or asking somebody in, in, the, in the Skype chat or sending an email to somebody asking, who knows about that? Who, give me, who can give me the hand and, and, and help me resolve that and, and help me become more knowledgeable in this project? But instead, I need to, I need to have the venue. I need to have the... the I need to have the, the place where I can post my question and get a formal answer in a, in, in a, in a, in a disciplined way. Unfortunately, in most projects, it doesn't happen that way because managers are too lazy or too, I don't know, too incompetent to configure it that way. And because of that, people need to talk to each other in order to resolve that question because there is no document flow, there is no formal... Um, formal structure of how knowledge is supposed to be transferred from from one programmer to another programmer. So we don't do that. We we instead we say that we know how the information should flow. We are using ticketing system, and I would recommend you to do the same. So for every time you you want to resolve, you want to ask a question or you want to answer the question, you have to submit a ticket somewhere so you have to have the ticketing system where people submit their questions and where people can find the questions previously submitted so that's i think is um, not the perfect source of knowledge because the perfect source of knowledge is the source code that has to be your the, the ideal knowledge base so everything has to be clear from the source code i have to in ideal situation i have to be able to check out the whole, the whole repository look at the source code and get the entire information i need so I'm not supposed to go anywhere else. That's the ideal, ideal project is designed that way. But the second step, if I need to go somewhere, there has to be tickets where I, as a developer, can search for information. I can post my questions and then somebody will answer that information for me, like it's done in open source projects. Well, in open source projects, they also have some newsletters or some news, let's say mailing lists or forums, where, or maybe you have Stack Overflow where you can ask a question. Now, all of that, I think, all of that mechanisms should go after tickets. So the first level is source code. The second level is tickets. The third level is probably, I would say, Stack Overflow or something like that. And then the level number four should be like mailing lists or emails, which are not the perfect way to communicate knowledge. And then the level number five, which you shouldn't go anywhere. You should not go there anyhow, nowhere, no when, just never. Uh, it's the level where you actually ask somebody and then call meeting, call a meeting, and then you sit in, in the same room or in the same chat room, and then you talk and discuss. That should be your last resort. That's really unprofessional. So, okay, let's back to the main question. So what do you do when the task is in your hand and you want to complete it, but you can't? We call it cut corners. So that's the main message. So you need to, as a programmer, you need to think in a, in a, in a way that uh, you shouldn't blame yourself for the problems you have with the product. Core idea, which you should have in mind. So when you get the, the, the task, when you get the, the piece of code, when you get some problem, some bug, whatever, some new feature, and you start working with that, if something is not clear or something cannot be resolved or whatever, you shouldn't blame yourself.
yourself for that. And you should not become a hero who is supposed to fix everything. Behavior of, of programmers or any engineers or any team members where people are really motivated to, to be a hero, to be the, 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 the good guy and to help everybody because I can, I'm looking at the problem and I don't know what to do now, but I'm going to dig deeper. I'm going to try to solve the problem. I'm going to spend some extra time, walk an extra mile, and then I'm going to solve it. That's the behavior that promotes yourself in the eyes of a bad managers. And at the same time, it kills the project. So the more you're trying to be a good guy in the project, the more you're trying to, uh, to help the project, the, the, the bigger the problem is, the bigger the, the, the trouble you're creating for your project. And if your project manager is good, then the, that project manager will try to stop that behavior and will try to prevent you from doing that. So that that will not happen. So the project manager, if the project manager is good, then he or she is not going to appreciate that behavior. So the project manager will always ask you not to be a hero and not to be a good guy, not to try to solve all the problems you can solve. But instead, inform, if I'm a project manager, inform me about these problems and let me decide what needs to be done next. Because every time, I can explain why. Let me put myself in the position of a project manager. Let's say I'm a project manager and you are a programmer. And I'm giving you the task. And, and I don't know, I'm a project manager. I don't know what this Java is let's say I'm not really technical so all I need all I know is that uh, there are a number of some pieces of work in this project and and they, they are called by the names of some classes I have no idea what these classes are but I know that I have three people and I gave them three pieces of work so now they're supposed to work on that stuff and come back to me when the problem is solved and and let's say two of them come back to me and say hey in order for me to solve the problem a I need something else. I need, for example, to be, I need some extra class to be created, which is going to be task number four. And then another guy comes to back to me and say, I cannot solve that because the documentation, because it's not clear how this, this piece of functionality has to be created. We need more documentation. So somebody has to go to the client, for example, and ask the client what exactly needs to be done because the current documentation is not clear. I'm not going to go, this guy will tell me, I'm not going to go to that customer because it's not my job. Just, just help me. Just, I mean, give it to me. I'm not going to, I can't continue my task number two because I don't have enough information. So from two people, I have the feedback immediately. I know that I have task number four and I have task number five. So now I can manage something. Now I can see, okay, I need more resources or I need more time or I need to inform somebody behind my back, somebody staying and looking at my job that we have not three tasks now, but we have five tasks. So that information will help me to understand what's going to happen with the project in the next, I mean, how soon we'll finish this project. What's going to be the timeline? Because something really changed. Because I assumed, I expected these three people to complete their work in, say, one day each. So I was expecting them to come back to me tomorrow with results and everything will be done and the project is finished. But it, it's not going to happen. I know this in the morning because these two people already informed me that there's going to be two more tasks. So now I have the information for the management. I know how to manage my project. I know that there is extra work in the scope. And now I need more time. Now I need more money. Now I have more risks. So 
I can go back to the, to the people who are waiting for me to finish my stuff tomorrow and tell them that, look, we have a problem. We have to, the, the timeline has changed. I'm telling you right now that tomorrow morning is not going to be ready. And let's see that the guy number three, who's working on the task number three, and he's a hero. He knows that he can help me. He's trying to be a good guy because these two people are definitely bad guys. So they didn't try to help me. They just came back and say, hey, this is your problem. You gave me something which I can't work with. So do something about it. They, they may look like bad guys, but in reality, they did me a good job because they gave me information back. They gave me the valuable feedback, which now I can use. Now I control the project still with them because they helped me to manage it. They helped me to control it. And the guy number three is not doing that. He's just playing a good guy. He's just looking at the code. He doesn't understand what to do, but he's going to go deeper and dig deeper and probably go to the customer by himself and try to solve it. We know that he's, on the, he's not going to finish it by tomorrow. He's not going to finish because he, he obviously needs more time, like these guys as well. But instead of returning it back to me and letting me, me decide what to do, he's hiding that information from me. And he's taking responsibility for the management decisions. So now he becomes the manager. He makes the decision which I'm supposed to make. So he decides, okay, I don't, need, I don't have information. Maybe I need some extra documentation. How about I go to the customer and ask for extra feedback? Or maybe I go to some other programmers and ask them to help me to understand how this module works. So he's, trying, he's making management decisions which he's not supposed to make. He's taking control of the project out of my hands. Because now, now I don't have control. I don't know what's going on. I will probably need to come back to him in the end of the day and say, hey, Jeffrey, what's going on? I gave you the task in the morning and there is no feedback from you. So probably you're working on something. But what exactly is there? And, and, and do you have any problems? And the answer most probably will be like, yes, I have problems. I had them, but I'm solving them and I'm going to solve them. I'm going to continue solving them. And my next question will be, who told you to solve them? How do you know that we need to get more information from the customer, for example? How do you know that we, we allowed to spend more money for that, more time and more money? How do you know? How did you make that management decisions? So the person who is taking responsibility, who is making these decisions without, by themselves, these, these people are actually making a, only a trouble for the, for the good project manager. If the project manager is bad, the project manager is just lazy and, and not doing anything, just sitting in the office and, and, and checking that everybody comes in time and leaves the office in time, then yes, this guy number three is way better than these previous two guys. Because in this case, he just he just continues to work he doesn't bother me with this feedback he doesn't tell me what the problems are he just continues to work on something and i don't need to i don't need to do anything i'll just sitting there and waiting because in, in, in the previous two people they basically put a lot of put a lot of uh work on my shoulders on my shoulders because i give them something they give everything something back always every time i give them something they're trying to push it back they're trying to tell me that this piece of information is not there and this module is not perfect. We need refactoring before I can continue. And they're saying this documentation is not provided from the client and it's not good enough for me so I can continue. So they're always trying to push back their tasks to me and they're making my work more difficult. But for a good project manager, it's, it's, not, it's not difficult. It's, 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 it becomes easier 
I mean, this, this flow of information, this flow of extra information makes my life as a good project manager way easier because they help me. That's what I didn't say before. They help me to break down the, the, the big complex task into smaller pieces. Because every time I give them one task, they come back with two or three. So I give them one and say, fix this bug. And they come back and say, hey, there's problem over there. There's problem over here. I don't have this dependency. I don't understand this documentation. So they, I give them one task and they push me back four tasks. And these tasks is the, the, the super valuable source of information for me because I know how to, how to continue to manage my project. They help me to understand my scope better. Because when I start the project, I, I have quite vague and, and uh, I, I, uh, not really specific understanding of the scope. So I don't know exactly what's there. I don't know how many, um, how many tasks are there, how many problems are there, how, how, I mean, how good is documentation. I'm not a technical, I'm not a, I'm not a developer. I'm expecting that feedback from my programmers in order for, to help me to make the decisions of what needs to be done next. And these good people, I mean, the professional programmers, they are always trying to put this give this information. They don't play heroes. They're not trying to be, to be good because by trying to be good, they're only doing a bad favor for me and for the project because they're hiding the information from me. They're not helping me to manage that. They are they're taking two big pieces of work. I gave them one day, they take three days, four days, working on something which I don't know about. I, as a project manager, need to know about all the details which are happening in the project. I need to know all the small tasks which are happening because this increases my manageability. The smaller the tasks are, the more manageable um, the scope is for me. The, more, the higher is the granularity of my task, the, the smaller are the tasks the easier for me as the project manager is to manage them. If I have two big tasks in the project, let's say I have one task, uh, develop the entire software, the second task is deploy the entire software. How can I manage that? I have one big task which I give to somebody and then I have another big task which I give to somebody else. And that's it. I can't, con I can't control what's going on. All I can do is just sit and wait. I'm going to sit and wait until these two groups of people or two people finish their work. And then maybe if they finish in time, then maybe the entire project will be completed. But in most cases, they will not finish in time. And then if they don't finish in time, I, don't have, I won't have anything to say to my management, to my managers, to the people who basically pay for the project. Because I don't have the details. I don't know what's going on. That's why for a good manager and a, and a proper project management, we need smaller tasks. We need tasks to be really high granularity so that I can manage them. If I can put 100 tasks on the Gantt chart, if I put 100 small pieces and then connect them one to another and know the dependencies between them, then this chart becomes really manageable and really too easy to understand. I can manage it. I can I can. I can move a few tasks left and right, and I can rotate people. I can see who's working on what. I can change resources. I can stop here and, and put more resources there. So I can manage. The task, the scope, becomes way more manageable for me than it was before when I was working with just two big pieces of, job, of, of work. 
So, and, and again, getting back to, to cutting corners is that uh, when, when I give a task to the programmer who is not, who is not going to cut corners and, and return back the task to me saying that it's not ready, then that person is, is making my life way more difficult. So now the question is how exactly we can cut corners. So cut corners means that why I call it cut, cutting corners is that when the task comes to you and you want to, uh, you want to uh, complete it but you can't, then basically you need to, that's, that's my philosophy, is that you as a programmer need to, uh, need to move a little bit further. That's the main thing. So you need to move a little bit further as much as you can and then create dependencies, create some, some, some tasks or bugs or some requests or your demands for something, and then stop and let your manager decide what to do. And that dependencies, they could be, like I said, they could be different. So, so, by, so that's, what I'm, that's what I call cut corners. So you go straight and then you, you're supposed to go straight and turn left, but you, but you can't do it perfectly, ideally. So you have some dependencies. But you do it as, as good as you can, and and still and, and the rest on the rest of the task which you can complete, you leave these questions asked. So let's say let's say there is a task, and I give you the task. You're the programmer, my manager. Uh, I give you the task, which says that you need to implement the feature in the in the web app uh, where the user clicks the button and the PDF report gets downloaded. It's, it sounds like quite simple, right? But it, it, is, it, it may be quite difficult because it depends on the data you're gonna get somewhere and how complex is the report. So let's say you're a programmer, you start working on that, but you're saying, for example, you never worked with, uh, with the PDF reports. I mean, you don't know how to build a PDF file at all. You know how to get the data from the database, but you have no experience of building PDF documents. And you don't want to, and you understand that that's quite a complex task. You understand that to make that decision and find the library for that and implement that and, and put this library on, on in the application, it's quite a difficult job, which is probably you will need some help from the architect, from somebody who will help you to make that decision. It's quite important decision. But, but, but the manager expects you to do something. The manager, again, like I said before, the manager doesn't want you to to go to the architect and find that information and resolve it by itself and spend who knows how much time to solving that problem and finding the right solution. Because maybe the architect will say, you know what, I have no time right now and we need to think about it properly. We need somebody else to, to help us. We have this another guy in our team who's gonna go back to the office, who's gonna come back to the office on Friday because now he's on some vacation, so he's gonna be back on Friday, and we need to talk to him because he worked with PDF before. So now, how about you check some other libraries or do something else? So that's kind of an answer which may come from the architect. If I go, if, sorry, if you go to the architect as a programmer and start talking to the architect without informing me, and then, and then that may take some time, on, until Friday, and then on Friday this guy shows up, and then you discuss this PDF library, and maybe you will try something. It's not, maybe it's not going to work. So it's going to be something which will take time. And all the information you're going to give me back while it's still happening is like we are working on that. I'm working on this PDF report. I'm thinking. I'm still discussing. I'm still waiting for somebody. 
That's not the way I want you to manage this task. I want you to cut corners. I want you to say, hey, you need me to implement the PDF report. Okay, what this task is actually, how it's gonna happen. First of all, I need to investigate and find the good library which is gonna generate the PDF file. The step number one. The step number two, I'm gonna hook this library in and I'm gonna call that library when I, when I have the data from the database. Uh -huh. Step number three, I need to get the data from a database. And then I need to deliver this PDF report and show it on the screen. Probably that's not so difficult. So there are four steps which I can do myself, except step number two. So I cannot generate PDF report properly because I, that will take some time. Okay, I'm going to cut this corner. So I'm not going to do it right. I'm not going to do it properly. I'm not going to do it through the architect and the proper decision everything. I'm going to implement step number one, two, three. And then I will implement number two with some primitive PDF generating, which I will get some, I'm gonna download, I'm gonna copy paste it from Stack Overflow. I'm gonna just implement it the way I can in just half an hour or maybe five minutes. And then I, I call this task as a completed task, but I will say that there is a dependency for me. So this task is not perfectly completed, it's not perfectly correct because there is a dependency. And I will come, you will come back to me as a manager and say that the task is, is done. We can show it. I mean, I can demonstrate it. It works. But there is a dependency. I already created another ticket which says, hey, guys, we need to investigate how to do the PDF generating, PDF reporting right. And as soon as we investigate and do it right, then we need to go back to our software and then change that piece of code and implement it the right way. So in this case, you put the, the and then you return back the task to me and say, hey, I'm done. I'm finished, but there's nothing, it's not perfect. The result is not perfect in all, in all senses, I mean, in all places. One place is not perfect at all, because it's just a copy-paste from, from somewhere. I just found it on the internet how to generate a simple PDF file. So it generates something, but if you want to continue, if you want to do it right, then there is another task for you, another ticket for me as a project manager, and you can implement it right. So in this case, you've done your job as fast as you could, and then you return it back to me. Now it's my decision as a project manager. Maybe I'm going to think about what's going to what what actually happened. Maybe you didn't have the qual that you didn't have the skills to do that. Like you're supposed to know how to implement PDF re reporting. I don't know. You promised us that you know that, but you don't know. Maybe the the, the software is not ready for. I don't know. Maybe the maybe uh, so it, it's going to be. My point is that. It's going to be my management decision about what to do, including maybe placing you into another team because you don't know how PDF reports work. So it may sound scary for your job security because you're exposing yourself, you're exposing your flaws and your, your problems, your lack of, your lack of skills sometime. You expose all that to your manager. So you're saying that I don't know how to do the PDF reporting, even though I wrote about that in my resume and you hired me as a, as a super uh, specialist in, in PDF reporting or I don't know, something like that. And now you're coming back to your manager and exposing your, uh, your internal, in, you know, in, in, uh, in, in, in your imperfection, that you're not so perfect. But it may sound scary, and, and again, the good programmer, the good art, the good developer, the good engineer, the professional one will not be afraid of that. Because 
if we are working with a good project manager because good project manager will always try to make decisions based on objective on, on objective facts not on personalities so if you do lack the skills if you don't know really don't know how to implement this pdf and you're supposed to know that then yes the project manager will make a decision to i don't know to fire you but it's going to be the right decision for the manager and for you and for the project by hiding that information and trying to solve this PDF problem and going around the office and Googling on the internet and trying to find that information, you're hiding the reality from your project manager and you're doing a bad favor to him and, and to her. And eventually the project, the project manager will find out what's gonna happen and if this is a good project manager, you will have bigger problem comparing to the one you might you, you could have if you would disclose that that problems first, I mean, in, up front. So in our in our teams, we have uh, we we have that situations quite often. We even uh, encourage people to uh, sometimes uh, not just implement something like in this example, implement something and then leave some dependencies unimplemented, cut some corners. But we tell them that if you need to cut many corners, just cut them all and say that I don't know how to implement that task at all, just take it away from me. So we make a task, assign it to somebody, to some programmer, and then we tell that programmer that if you don't like that task, you can just reject it. And then say, I don't know how to work with that, or just don't say anything. And it's gonna be our problem of our manager, what to do with that task and how to assign it to somebody else. But by letting us know that you cannot do that, you inform us, what is the better way to manage you and what task we're going to give you instead of the ones you we gave you before so that's what i want to that's what i wanted to say I'm, I'm, I'm finishing so that's my point so always try to be honest with your manager and tell your manager all the problems all the troubles you have and don't try to solve them by yourself because the more you're trying to sell the more you close the door you you, you put the wall between you and the manager you're hiding the information. You're making the work of a manager really more complex, comparing to the situation where you would disclose everything. But again, all I'm saying here will probably work with a project with a good project manager. So if you have, you know, incompetent and uh, lazy manager on top of you then probably you shouldn't do it that, like that because these guys they do appreciate these heroes and these super you know superstars and appreciate these hackers who can solve everything no matter how complex is the task you just give it the task to somebody and this somebody will fix everything so some managers not some but most managers they do value that they will appreciate that they will think that you're a superstar you're a superhero you're going to fix you're going to fix anything you're going to you're going to solve everything but these managers are just bad managers. So if you're dealing with the manager who, who really expect you to be that kind of guy, I would suggest you change the team. So I would recommend to work with managers who appreciate honesty and appreciate you being always ready to, put the, to push the task back. The task comes to you, you're always trying to push it back and say, I don't know this, I don't know that, I need help here, I need help there, create this stuff and then I will be able to continue. In this case, you, you help your manager. So that's probably it. That was my point. And there is a blog article which gives a, lot, a little bit more information on this subject. I just wanted to, I just wanted to say it in, in, in words. 
And we have um, and we have a one question in the chat, and the question is, how about knowledge transfer among the team? So the question is, how do we uh, transfer knowledge probably among the team means from the developer to the developer. So I, like I'm saying, that the right way to transfer knowledge is through the source code. Source code has to be the, the main knowledge base, which contains all the knowledge about the entire project and about the entire code. Maybe sometimes you can add some uh, some wiki pages or some just text text documents or text pages, but I would suggest to put them into repository as well. So that I'm as a developer, I check out the repository and I see everything there. I see all the code, all the text files, everything. So nothing should stay away, should stay aside from your uh, from your code base. Nothing should stay in the in this Google Docs, Google Spreadsheets, whatever, in the emails or anything else. You should think of yourself, of your team, and all the people around, I mean, in the team, as a temporary resource attached to the source code. So the source code is the king. All of you, all of us, people around the source code, we are replaceable. So we are just resources who are attached to the product. So the source code is the king, source code is the king and people around the code are just replaceable resources. That's how you should think about yourself and your colleagues and your people who work with you. So they are all irreplaceable. We can lose them sometimes. We will lose them sometimes. It's inevitable. They're not going to stay together with this code forever. They will go to different companies. They will work somebody else. And this is perfect. This is how it should be. We are not married to this code. We're not, we are not the code we develop. The code we develop is the code we develop. And we are as we are. So we shouldn't attach it to, to, to each other. So you should not be the person who knows something which is not inside the source code. You should transfer that knowledge to the source code. And every time you check out the code and you don't see some knowledge in there, you complain about it and say, hey, the source code probably uh, doesn't contain some information which is, which is in the head of some of these experts or these guys need, sitting next to me or in the same office. So how about you take it out of their heads and ask them to put this information into the source code? I'm not going to call them. I'm not going to talk to them. I'm not going to be uh, on the meeting with them. I don't want that as a programmer. All I want is these guys to put this information back to the, I mean, take it from their heads and put this information into the source code. That's what I want from them. And you always should try to ask, not try, but ask your project manager to do that for you. And say, I need that. I don't want to uh, to be, you know, I don't want to get this knowledge transfer from from people from person to person. I need to open the book, and the book says everything. That's what the that's what the real knowledge transfer is about. Knowledge transfer is not from person to person, but from person to the source code or to documentation. So every time you want to transfer knowledge, it's as it means that you're taking information from from the from Jeffrey and put it into a file. Uh, a.java that's what knowledge transfer is if you transfer from person to person it's waste of time it's waste of money it's waste of everything because these two people they are replaceable they will walk away with their knowledge eventually not today maybe not tomorrow not next month but next year and then what all the money we spent on the training them and, and, and putting this information in their heads is wasted so that's how it should be and every time, and coming from that, and, and every time you don't see that, you don't see the tr that knowledge being transferred from Jeffrey to the source code, it's, it's a problem. So complain about that problem and ask your project manager to organize that, that transfer, that knowledge transfer, in the right way. 
not call everybody in the meeting room, but organize the document flow, information flow, so that the knowledge stays with the source code. So that's probably what I wanted to, to say. And uh, we don't have any more questions. So I would recommend you to, uh, to take a look at the blog article about that. And uh, I had a few presentations about that on, on a few conferences recently. One of them is called Blame the Project. I would recommend that to take a look. It was in, uh, uh, in Netherlands about a month ago. And another presentation was, uh, it was called uh, a few presentations about uh, meetings. They also close to that subject. They explain what, how meetings are actually uh, doing the bad favor to, uh, to our projects and how they should be avoided because they, they promote this knowledge transfer in the wrong way. So that's it. Thank you very much. Come back next month, the first, uh, the first Wednesday of each month, 11 in the morning Pacific time. Thank you. Goodbye.